Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. With all of the amazing advances in information technology and all that stuff, we've also added just a ton of distractions into our lives. We have to be intentional and say, you know, I need to spend time with Jesus. So I got to step away from this. I need to keep that electronic device off for this time. And I need to make sure I'm spending time with Jesus. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Acts, chapters 3 through 4, in a message titled, The People God Uses. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So, we were in the Middle East recently. We were in the country of Cyprus. And we were there doing a conference. And our friends who pastor a a church there in Paphos, the city of Paphos in Cyprus. So, the previous year when we went to visit them, their church was in a home. And it was in a residential area. It was very beautiful the way it was set up. But, you know, it was in a home in a residential area, and everybody agreed that they needed to get out of that residential area and to get more into a, a location that was accessible, you know, something that was, people could see. So when I was there the first year, the pastor, his name is Tim, he took me to look at this old dilapidated hotel and see, you know, maybe we could get that and turn that into a church, and it was, uh, no, it just wasn't going to work. But it was obvious that they needed a new building. So we come back to Cyprus this year. We find out, I didn't know this, we find out they've got a new building. They've got a storefront right on the main street in the town. And it's just this amazing thing. It's just the perfect setup. It's the perfect location. It's everything that we had talked about the year before. So I say to Tim, how did this happen? And he says, well, here's what happened. So, you know, he was putting feelers out. He heard about this place knew that it was available, got together with the owner, told him who he was, talked about the possibility of getting it, and everything was wonderful until the price came up. And so the guy, you know, Tim says, so, you know, what are we looking at here as far as cost? The guy tells him, and in Tim's mind, he's like, well, that's never going to happen because we don't have, not only do we not have that kind of money, we don't have any money. And so, you know, they go on in the conversation a little further and the guy sort of presses them like, so, well, what do you want to do? You know, I, if you're interested, great. If you're not, then I got to move on to the next customer. So he says to Tim, he says, so what do you want to do? And Tim goes, we'll take it. <laughs> and as he said, we'll take it, he's thinking into my mind, what am I saying? Why did I say we'll take it? We don't have any money. But he, he just had a sense from the Lord. He was supposed to just, trust God and take a step of faith. So he did. And then he told me that a couple days later, he gets a letter in the mail. He gets a check. A friend says, hey, you know, God just put it on our heart to give you, here's 10,000 bucks. And then a couple days later, another check comes in the mail for the same amount. And so all of a sudden they've got like 35 grand that has just come in seemingly out of nowhere, but it's exactly what they needed to be able to acquire the place and to be able to get, get it, you know, set up. 
It's funny because when we were there a couple of weeks ago, uh, we kind of just felt like, you know, we need to help them out a little bit. They still got some construction. So we got home and the board, we talked about, you know, sending them a little bit of money. And so we sent it and uh, Tim just got back to us and said, you know, thank God, because we had absolutely no money to finish up. And thank you so much for the gift that you guys sent, because that will help us to do it. But I tell you that story because it's just an illustration of the way it goes. This is what taking steps of faith is like. A few years back, several years ago now, I visited a friend up in uh, Glasgow, Scotland with another friend. We were there together with a friend named Martin. And Martin, he's an engineer by trade. And he, that's his, you know, that's what he does vocationally. And Phil Pachonis and I, Phil has since gone to be with the Lord, but uh, we were there with Martin walking around the city of Glasgow one warm spring evening. And we just turned to Martin and said, you know, Martin, we think the Lord wants you to start a church and here in Glasgow. And he's looking at us like, no, the Lord doesn't want me to do that. I'm not doing that. I'm an engineer. I'm fine. I'm actually thinking about moving to America. He's married to an American gal. And, um, but you know, the more we talked, the more he began to be sort of convinced that God was speaking to him. So he is today pastoring a church there in Glasgow. Now, um, also, as we were walking around the city, we, Phil and I were partners in Creation Fest. So we thought, you know, seems like the Lord might want to do something here with Creation Fest. So we just kind of put that, you know, in the back of our minds and began to pray about it and think about it. A couple of years later, Phil, uh, you know, unexpectedly went to be with the Lord. And that, that thing kind of just kept going in the back of my head. And three years ago, we were in London and having a meeting. And right at the end of the meeting, we were planning for Creation Fest Somebody came up to me and said, hey, we've been talking with the people in Scotland and we need to make a decision right now as to whether we're going to go up there. They're waiting, but they feel like they need to know. So you need to make that decision right now. I mean, this is, this is the conversation we had. They just said to me, you need to make this. Don't think about it anymore. Just what are we going to do? And, you know, I just looked at them. I said, tell them we're coming. We're going to do it. And they looked at me like, really? Where are we going to get the money? I don't know. Just tell them we're coming. We're going to do it. So we did. And it was, again, one of those moments where I just thought, okay, Lord, I really, it doesn't make sense, but I, I just feel strongly that you're saying, let's go do it. So I think I told you the story, but so we went and we did it. And at the end, we were 1,500 pounds short of our budget. And I think it cost, you know, maybe 15,000 pounds to put it on. So we were 1,500 pounds short. So that was pretty good. You know, wow, God provided almost everything. And then when everything was said and done, the, the council, the city council, basically, of Glasgow, they sent us a letter and they said, we really enjoyed your event. You did a fantastic job. We think it was really, you know, a good thing for our city. So here's your 1,500 pounds back. You don't need to pay. So it's exactly what we needed to cover our budget. And when, listen, when a city council gives you money back, you know that God is at work miraculously because that doesn't happen at all. <laughs> but I'm just trying to give you some, you know, illustrations of just, this is the reality. And whether it is, 
you know, getting a church building in Paphos, Cyprus, or whether it's doing a, an outreach event in Glasgow, Scotland, or, or whether it's you just stepping out in your community or on your job or going on a missions trip or getting involved in some sort of ministry, it's always the same thing. There's always going to be that point where you have to take a step of faith. That's just the way it goes. And we, and I've said this before, you know, I would prefer not to live by faith. I'm, i you know, I would be happy for God to just say, hey, here it is. I'm going to do all of this. And, you know, this is what we're going to do. And, and by the way, here's all the money to do it. And just go out and it's going to be a great success. Gotcha, Lord. I'm going. That would be fantastic. But, you know, it doesn't work that way. Everybody who's ever done anything for the kingdom of God has done it by faith. So you got to take the step of faith. And that's what Peter did on that day. And that just began a series of events that, um, you know, I mean, we could even say that are still going on today. Now, the final thing, the fifth and final thing here, and this kind of wraps it all up and ties it all together. We're looking at the things, you know, and that those who are used by God have there in their lives. This is the final thing. What did they say about these guys? They looked at them. They marveled. They are uneducated. They are just common people. But they took note that they had been with Jesus. That was the key. They had been with Jesus. But the truth of the matter was they were still with Jesus and Jesus was with them. That's why these things were happening. But that's really you know, as we're talking about being men and women of prayer, as we're talking about being men and women of the word, as we're talking about being men and women who are going to take steps of faith, you know, we are, and men and women who are filled with the spirit, you know, all of this is really the result of being with Jesus. See, Jesus is alive. Jesus is at work. He's moving in the world. And if we're with Jesus, guess what? We're going to be going somewhere. We're going to be doing something because he's doing something. And so being with Jesus is the key for us. God wants to use you. How do you know what he wants you to do? Well, be with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. He will show you those things. So when we talk about just being used by God, now understand this too, that the possibilities are limitless. Now we're just looking at one situation here. We go a little bit further back in Acts and we see a different situation where they were used by God. As we keep going through the book, we're going to see all kinds of different people being used by God in all kinds of different ways. And the thing that I want us to understand is that, you know, don't think that being used by God just looks like one thing. Don't think it just looks like, you know, well, you got to do a miracle or you got to preach to a big crowd or, you know, that sort of thing, because sometimes we can, we can limit it. No, it's, it's really something that is so, there's, there's so much diversity. There's so much possibility. So as many people as there are, the, the possibilities are different. But know this, that the, the main objective is always the same. Whatever the, the thing is that God's calling you to do, 
and all of the variations of it, whatever the thing is, the objective is always the same, that the name of Jesus would be exalted and that people everywhere would be brought to know, love, obey, and serve him. So whatever we're doing, whatever thing God says, I want you to do this, know that that will be the end goal of it. It might not be anything that you even see. It Maybe you're going to start something that somebody else is going to fulfill down the road, but what's going to happen through it is, as I said, the name of Jesus will be exalted and people will be brought to know him, to love him, to obey him and serve him. So there's, there's no thing that's better than any other thing. What it comes down to is what does God want you to do? You know, if you think of just the vastness of God's kingdom and all of the different people involved and all of the different personalities and giftings and all of that sort of thing, you can see that God has people that he just says, you know, look, I want you to do this. And, and they, they've already been equipped to do it and they do it. And it might be something that nobody really thinks that much about or thinks is all that important, but it's really, really important. So I just want us to understand that I don't want you to think narrowly that being used by God just looks like this. No, it looks like all different kinds of things. So since that is the case, here's the question that we're going to close by answering. What do we do? Four things. Number one, spend time with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus because this is where you get the, the instruction. This is where you get the calling, if you will. This is where you get the sense that, you know, the, the Lord wants me to do something. It's through spending time with the Lord. Now, we have to fight to do that today, don't we? Because we live in the age of distraction. With all of the amazing advances in information technology and all that stuff, we've also added just a ton of distractions into our lives. And I know that I have been distracted many times. We have to be intentional and say, you know, I need to spend time with Jesus. So I got to step away from this. I can't get bogged down with that. I, I need to, you know, keep that electronic device off for this time. And I need to make sure I'm spending time with Jesus. Secondly, we make ourselves available. Just make yourself available. You know, somebody once said, it's not ability that God is looking for. It's availability. And it's true because the ability comes from the Lord. You see, you might think of doing something for God and maybe there's even an idea in your head or maybe somebody's said to you, hey, would you like to do this? And you think, I can't do that. How can I do that? I don't have the ability. Well, here's the good news. If you're available, God will give you the ability. He just wants you to be available. So make yourself available to the Lord. And then thirdly, pray and watch for opportunities. So listen, when you sincerely pray, Lord, I want you to use me. He is going to take you up on it. I guarantee it. Because he wants to use you already. We, we've already seen the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth. 
God is looking to use people. He's looking to work in people's lives. So when you sincerely say, he's not going to force you to do anything for him, but when you sincerely say, Lord, I want you to use me and show me what you want me to do, watch for the opportunities because they will begin to come. This is the way it works. It, it begins to happen. Now, I had an experience this past week that kind of illustrates what I'm talking about here. So I had a friend come and see me and she was telling me, just kind of catching up. And then she was telling me about something that was on her heart about prayer. And as she was telling me about this, and you know, I was sitting there listening, I, I really was resonating with what she was saying. I was thinking, yeah, Lord, it seems like you, you know, there might be something to this. But at the end of the conversation, she said, but let me just say, I don't feel like I'm called to lead it, but I think I could be part of a team. And I said, well, good. Okay, well, let's you know, let's just pray for that. Let's pray that if, if this is something that the Lord really wants to see develop, then let's pray that God will put together a team. So we did. We prayed that and she left and that was the end of that. Two days later, I had another person come to see me, not related. These people don't know each other at all or anything. And so the person sits down, they'd start telling me, you know, this is something the Lord's been putting on my heart. I've been doing this and showed me some different projects they were doing. And then that person said, and you know, I've been thinking about this prayer thing. And that person basically started describing exactly what the other person had described two days before. Exactly. I mean, just like really exactly, not just like a similar thing, but <laughs> the identical thing. And, and then he says to me, he says, but you know, I don't know if the Lord wants to do this. And I said, well, let me tell you something. Two days ago, sitting in that very seat where you're sitting, another person was telling me the same thing. And I said, let's pray about it and see if God will put a team together. So maybe you're a team member. Maybe the Lord is doing this. And then a day later, I told a friend about this whole thing. Before I could finish telling him the story, I see tears running down his cheeks because he's like, you know, the Lord's been putting this on my heart. So that's fresh illustration from this week about how what happens when you start to pray and ask God to show you how he wants to use you, he will bring about the opportunities. A door will open up. Something in your heart that's been there for a while will suddenly come back and, and you'll think. And then, you know, uh, somebody might contact you and say, hey, are you still interested in this? Or we're going to go here and we want to do that. Would you want to come along? Or, you know, whatever it is. But those are the things. And then, of course, what do you do? You step out in faith. You just got to jump in. You just got to go for it. And so you've prayed and asked that the Lord would show you and then opportunities start to come and there's going to be, like I said, you know, in your own brain, there's going to be like, oh no, I don't, I, I'm not really the person and I'm, I'm just so ordinary. Okay, we already know God uses ordinary people. And oh, but it just doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, we know that God just calls us to walk by faith. A lot of things don't make sense but we need to step out into those things. And so you take that step of faith. And then, you know, the, the thing here, we're going to come back and carry on in the story as we move through Acts. But, but one of the things I noticed as I was reading through here was, like I said a few minutes ago, it's just how like one step of faith just begins this, this chain reaction. Or it's like, you know, the domino effect. It's like Peter does this one thing. 
Instead of walking by the man and dropping a shekel in his cup, like he could have done, he stops and he says, no, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. But this now sets all of these other things in motion. And so again, from that, the crowd gathers. And so Peter preaches and 2,000 more people are added. But also because of the crowd and because of the proclamation, the authorities are upset. So they're arrested. And now they're standing before the the leaders of the nation, and they're testifying. So my point is that none of the other things were planned. Peter takes a step of faith that looks like it's just this one thing, oh, we'll heal this man, and then you know, we'll go back to our business, whatever it is. No, the man was healed, and then they were just swept up in this thing that God was doing. So that's how things happen. So I want to just take you back really quickly to Scotland. So I said those three years ago or whatever it was, yeah, let's go. We're going to go do it. So this past week, I get an email, and the email is from another city in Scotland, the city of Dundee, and the email is from a man who represents 17 churches. They said, there are 17 of us. Uh, We have committed together, and we want to invite Creation Fest to come and do an outreach in our city, just like you've been doing in Glasgow, and we will cover the cost. This is what we're going to invest in it, and can you come? So, you know, I wasn't looking to, I wasn't looking to go there, but this is the, it, it's, it's kind of just the, the progression of the initial step of faith. And so we see now that because we took this step of faith and this happened, now another door's opening. And I'm just telling you that because that's the kind of thing that happens. But remember this, God wants to use you. God wants to use you. And if you today as a Christian, if you are sitting here and you say, well, you know, I don't know, God's not really using me. Well, let me ask you this. Have you made yourself available? Have you asked him to use you? He wants to. But listen, when you ask him to use you, he's going to take you up on it. And that's where you're going to need to take that step of faith. But all of this is sort of preceded by the being with Jesus. Let's be with Jesus. Let's spend time with the Lord. There's so much to do in the world today. There's so many people that desperately need to know the Savior There's plenty of work to do, and it's always the same from generation to generation. Jesus said it. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. That's the reality today as well. But here we all are, and let's just say, Lord, here am I. Like Isaiah did many centuries ago, the Lord said, who will go for us? Who who can we send? And Isaiah just said, here am I, Lord, send me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I got all kinds of problems, but Lord, here I am, send me. And God did. He cleansed him, he did what was necessary, and he sent him, and he'll do the same with you and me. And now, let's join Pastor Brian and Cheryl in the studio as they share about this month's resource. So, Brian, we're offering a book from our good friend, Charlie Campbell. Yes, Charlie Campbell is the director of Always Be Ready, which is an apologetics ministry. And one we recommend a lot. Yeah, we recommend it a lot. And this is a one-minute answer to skeptics. Now, Charlie has done this book, and this is like a revised version. 
answering 50 of the top objections and questions, kind of current things. You know, things change over time. There are different arguments and things. And what I like about this book is it's it's an updated current addressing a lot of the things that people are kind of throwing out there today as their objections to Christianity. And some of the topics that Charlie covers in this is why doesn't God just appear to us in a public setting and prove he exists? Or the New Testament authors, did they steal details of Jesus' life story from other ancient religions? This is what some skeptics say. Or that the God of the Old Testament commanded the Israelites to commit genocide. Or that the Bible condoned slavery. So these are real issues in our society today. And Charlie tells you a biblical answer for these things. And it's great. Yep. So... Great little one-minute answer to Skeptics by Charlie Campbell. That's our offer for this month. Again, this month's resource is a book titled One-Minute Answers to Skeptics by Charlie Campbell. You can order the book One-Minute Answers to Skeptics by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it, and then click on the Donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book One Minute Answers to Skeptics by Charlie Campbell to help equip you to defend the faith. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.